When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, the playoffs are well underway, hockey fans. That's right. And a DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, they got a great offer for those of you who want to get in on the excitement. You can bet $5 if you are a new customer on any team to win, and you get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. If you want to make some money, you can do it at DraftKings Sportsbook. And when you sign up, you got to use the promo code THPN. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. I'm Corey Crenshaw-Farr. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It's nice to be talking to you all. Um, Sorry for the little hiatus that at least I have been on. Richie was talking to you all on uh, a live stream, but um, it is nice to be back with you all. I was going through the wedding frenzy and everything else, but to get into all of that of what we've missed and what we really need to catch up on with me as always, my wonderful, amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. It's nice to be back with you. That was about a month-long hiatus, but we, we are back. We actually have some Coyotes news to talk about, so we figured, hey, why not why not record? Let's do that. Um, but, but before we do anything else, we need to acknowledge what you said at the very top of the program there, which is the fact that your name is now Corey Crenshaw Farr, or Corey Farr, I guess you could say, too. Uh, have you gotten used to that yet? I'm assuming no, not quite, because it's been only two weeks. No, I, I'm 100% not used to it yet. And I haven't actually gone and gotten my name changed on everything when it comes to, like, social media and on here and stuff like that. I'm just going by, like, Corey Crenshaw far. But, like, by 
legally, I'm actually changing my name to Corey Farr, which is going to be so weird for me because, you know, I don't want to be the person that has to sign every legal document with that lengthiness. Um, so I will just be Corey Farr by uh, legal standards here in a little while. I just didn't realize the process you have to go through. You have to go to uh, social security and then you got to go to the DMV and you got to change bank accounts and all sorts of stuff and everything has your name on it. Your passport has your name on it. Your driver's license has your name on it. All your cards have your name on it. It's insanity. And so we'll see how long it takes me to actually get my name changed because I'm just like not looking forward to it. Let's set the over-under. Let's see. So it's June 3rd. We were recording on June 3rd. Let's yes. say... Oh, actually, you know what we could do? We could do this. How about this little this little contest? What happens first? You officially and legally get your name changed on your driver's license and on every single document. Or the city of Tempe approves the Coyotes Arena plan officially. I still feel like I can beat the Coyotes. I don't have high hopes for myself, but I still feel like I can beat these arena plans. If they're anything like that that Tempe meeting, <laughs> lengthwise, uh, it, it's going to take some time, especially for the, all these negotiations. Yeah, exactly. For, it took uh, between September and now June. So it took nine months just to even vote to where we are now. So it's going to take, now you're getting to the nitty gritty. It's going to be a long, long time. So I'll take, I will take uh, your legal name change first. Yeah. I, I, I have to, I tend to agree with you on that one because even as it was in this situation, I think that was the funniest part of the entire thing, which um, if you follow Richie and I on Twitter and if you follow the show uh, at, at Corey underscore Richie show on Twitter, then you saw that we sat through a lot of it. Um, I had I had gotten some some bad news from uh, from a friend. And so I, I had had to get out of the house and go and do dinner and everything. So I definitely uh, didn't watch after comment 42. I think is what it was. Um, and so I missed the stuff after that, but Richie was a trooper and sat through the entire thing and watched all of it. And I do have to say it, it was kind of obscene that it took that much just to be able to open into now we can actually have neg negotiations and discussions about this. It, yeah, I sat. First of all, I didn't have anything better to do with my life uh, on Thursday night than just sit there with my laptop and and watch the proceedings. Luckily, by about halfway through, there was some ho actual hockey to watch. I was watching the Western Conference Final with the um, Avalanche and the Oilers, and so I was watching that in the like on the main screen while I had everything else in the background. The NBA Finals Game One was also on Thursday, so I was able to watch some of that. So I was able to like keep the proceedings on in the background, but my laptop was open and watching the entire time. And yeah, eight hours to get through all of that is crazy. I don't remember the Glendale city council meetings ever being that long. Um, I don't remember 
Glendale City Council meetings having this many people and this many comments, which is kind of crazy. There were approximately uh, 95 to 100 speakers in person. And then there were also 200 plus comment cards that they read most of. And I think they eventually were like, okay, we've gotten through most of these. Let's put the rest of them into the record. We don't actually have to read all of them. And then, and then they finally got into the discussion or whatnot and it passed five to two. And so you're, they can move into negotiations, but yeah, it was, you know, what the crazy thing is about this. Like I texted you this yesterday, like I'm such a nerd for politics. Now I actually found the entire thing fascinating because of it's like a look into how things work like that. And like the back and forth of like, of how everything proceeded was like fascinating to me. And I couldn't really turn it off. Cause it was just, it was just, I was like, so like curious as to what exactly was going on. It was like, cause there was some bickering back and forth. There was like some filibustering. It was, uh, it was fascinating to me. And then we had all the speakers and we've had, we had mentions and I tweeted about this too. There was a mention of diapers at one point. There was a mention of um, murder at one point. There were mentions of Seinfeld and Festivus at one point. Truly just ran the gamut in terms of everything we heard from everybody who showed up and at this Temp- Tempe city council meeting. And uh, yeah, it was eight hours. It was super long. Congratulations. I will like give a little clap to everybody who showed up and everybody on that Tempe city council for sitting down for eight straight hours and going through all of that and listening to everybody and to uh, Javier Gutierrez and, and Nick Wood, the county's lawyer. Well done, everybody. They did it. And now we're into phase two. Yeah, it was very interesting, <laughs> as you said, in the fact of all of the things that got mentioned. Uh, I mean, even Trump got thrown in there at, at some point, too. He did, it was yeah. It was, a, like, all over the place. It's funny because, uh, like most people, I was sitting there, I had it on, you know, on the side while I was working, just kind of listening to it, and... There's multiple times I sat there and went, this almost feels very like soap opera-y in the way that, you know, some of the things it was like, I, you know, on Twitter, um, it would pop up and that, you know, Clayton Keller had shown up and that he was sitting there with notes that he was going to speak and you had the um, audio go out. You had Bettman talking, but his camera wasn't on because who knows what he was doing for what was it? His his seventieth birthday. What what which birthday yeah. was it? Yep. And so he was doing that, and then you have the um, while they were trying to fix the audio. So once we all came back into it, there was you didn't even get to hear Bettman because he had already been on the video call beforehand and then you went straight into the intro video where they talked about or they showed you basically everything that they were planning on building in ted uh the tempe entertainment district and um then they start giving their um their thing on it and talking about the extensive list of everything that uh you know is going to be given to uh, Tempe in this process, which we'll go into in, in a little bit here. And then you go into the um, 
you you have the player speak, have the uh, airport speak, and then you have the coyote's lawyer come up again and literally try to pull out every receipt humanly possible and reference the fact that one of uh, the people from the airport had accidentally given them plans that they had to extend the runway and saying that that is why uh, they don't want this development, not because of the sound and the noise, but because of the fact that they want to extend this runway. It just got deeper and deeper as it went on. And I don't think anyone knew what was coming next. Shane Doan gave this really emotional Arizona speech as someone who wasn't even like born and raised here. He, he came here to play hockey and then he decided to raise his whole family here. Like the commitment he had to it. And then, you know, going into later of the, the different speakers and getting to hear uh, Layton's mom talk and how emotional she was and how emotional uh, Lindsay Fry was. It was so crazy. And I we have watched many of the ones that have happened in Glendale before, but this felt so unique that it's hard to describe a time that I can think of when the support for the Coyotes was so strong and so deep that you had, what, 225 written comments and over 100 people that were supposed to speak virtually and in person um during this hearing it was it was a little bit surreal yeah anytime you get a three players on the roster one of whom is a restricted free agent and may not even play for the coyotes come next year depending on what happens talking about christian fisher and you have clayton keller get up there and speak in support of what was happening. Like that's important. That's a big deal. Cause that never happened. At least to my memory, having a rostered player speak at any of the Glendale meetings. And so to have Keller Schmaltz and Fisher, uh, lend their support to this was a, was a pretty big deal in my opinion. And, and like you said, to have a lot of those coyotes, um, community members speak, like you said, Lindsay Fry and Carly Ocardo. And there was also um, a, a guy who came on later on, who was the president of the, like the LGBTQ hockey community um, that works with the coyotes. And you had the president of like the warrior hockey association, the veterans uh, hockey club here in, in Arizona speak about what basically the way you're describing and the way we saw was like, it was basically one big, rally and one big testament to uh to youth hockey to the hockey community here in the state of arizona and i thought that was great and the overwhelming majority of the people who spoke and in, and in the written comments were seemingly in support of the plan i'd say out of the 100 or so in-person speakers i'd say maybe 25 or so were against the plan um, maybe a little bit more than that. And yeah, it was really interesting to hear from these community members and how much hockey meant to them. And it was, it was interesting to hear some of the, um, and I will give them credit for bringing this up. Some of the people who are against it, who brought up 
you know, being concerned about um, costs, basically costs of living in terms of uh, being able to pay their rent, how that will affect them about there were multiple people who um, work in and around um, the uh, service industry there. So they work, you know, generally probably pretty low wage jobs. Um, and they were speaking about that they were concerned about about uh, being able to continue to live there in Tempe. And I thought that was important to hear from them too, because I think that's something that a lot of us can relate to nowadays. And so, yeah, I thought, you know, for the most part, it was really, it was a fascinating, fascinating hearing and fascinating to hear from so many people. But uh, I, I thought ultimately the Coyotes presentation was, was amazing. It was so perfect. It was truly unprecedented for the most part. Cause you mentioned it a little bit earlier, like, the amount of money that Alex Marullo is coming to the table with and promising that he's going to pay for pretty much all of it with no taxpayer money and no, the taxpayers are not going to be liable for pretty much anything surrounding this project is huge. And it's unprecedented. And the way they were describing it was like, this is a pretty damn good case. And I don't know how you are going to be able to vote against something like this. Oh yeah. And the things that they were proposing to actually give Tempe, and this isn't even a full list. I was running out of quick enough time to write all this stuff down, but it's going to provide uh, 6,900 jobs. They're going to pay $2 million towards affordable housing. They're going to provide a substation. Um, they are going to give Tempe naming rights. They're going to try and make a deal with a light rail in order to make their tickets count for the light rail. So that way to try and combat traffic. And then they are also doing a car thing that I don't 100% remember uh, what that is. But the person from that actually spoke as well. Um, and then on top of all of this, they're ensuring... Um, that, you know, they're, they're also planning on doing a lot of like tree planting ceremonies and all that stuff there. There was a guy about uh, uh, Keep Tempe Beautiful, I think is what it was, that came and talked about how they were planning on doing all that. And like I said, this is just some of the things that they're doing. They're going to be doing more things in Tempe to try and help out um, the city itself. But on top of everything else, you also have Bettman saying that he is going to sign a 30 year agreement saying that the team will not move and then on top of it he was promising them an all-star game and the draft that is pretty insane because you have to think about how much money tempe will have coming in obviously there are concerns that residents have um there was multiple things i got brought up about mill and about traffic and and about housing and such. But at the same time, this could turn Tempe into a complete Mecca and it could be the next big hockey Mecca in the fact that this state is never really known as being um, a state for hockey. And Lindsay had even told a story in her, in her statement saying about how she had to fly to Colorado in high school in order to 
be able to play hockey and to be scouted so that way she could end up going to Harvard. So we have come a long way since then, but there is still progress to be made, and that doesn't happen unless we have an NHL team to provide um, one presence, but two funding for all sorts of things that are hockey development in the state. So having that as a representation for it um, will be huge. And it will also really help Tempe because of the fact that they have something that is not just for games, but is for people to go to all the time. And I think that's the biggest deal and what scares Phoenix, honestly, the most is you have that whole downtown area that will have really solid competition now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of, like you said, a lot of people were kind of concerned about Mill Avenue. And I, I, if I'm not mistaken, you're talking about the light rail, like you can just mm-hmm. take a five minute light rail trip from the Coyotes Arena where it's proposed to be and, and mill Avenue. And that's, that's going to be the, the big party spot. So I don't, you know what I mean? Like you and I have done our time on mill to use that phrase. I'd say. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we went, we went to college ASU. So obviously, um, <laughs> but no, it was, it was interesting. Cause some of the things towards the end, I of course um, couldn't fully listen to, but I know that someone had talked about sl- supplying power, to mill and supplying power and that stuff like that. Like I I'm sure that will probably get figured out in its own. Um, that's out of my, that's not one of my specialties, but um, if the concern, if there's any concern about people not going to mill, I think that's a little bit ridiculous. It's way too popular in its own for people to not go to it. And it's the spot that all of the college students go to. And it's all of the, if there's anything that it would compete with, I would, I would consider it to be more of like a downtown type situation. I don't even think it would even compete with something like an old town because it's just not the same vibe. It's not like a bar hopping situation. Yeah, I I agree. And, and somebody else brought up too, that during these, during the comment section, they were like, well, people had the same concerns about Mill Avenue when Tempe Marketplace was built. And that didn't take away anything from Mill. Mill's still popping pretty much every weekend, right? You can head down there, spend some turnovers in different bars, et cetera, et cetera. But other than that, it's still like, it's still, it's, it's still popping down there. So I think that's, what's going to happen here. They're going to be more of a, a, it's not going to take away from them. They're going to work more, symbiotically than than I think some of the detractors think. And I hope that's the case because like there's gonna be of course there's gonna be bars and whatnot here at this Coyotes Arena, but um similar to like similar to Westgate where yeah there are bars there but are you know there's not really that many to be able to hold in all fifteen thousand people who are going to games. So it's a lot of people are gonna go pregame elsewhere, right? They're gonna go pregame on mail, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And then go to the game. So, uh, yeah, or yeah. go out after the game too. Yeah, exactly. And then Mill's going to be your spot. Uh, I'm sure your visiting players too 
do you do you remember when um, uh, when the National Predators um, series many many years ago in the playoffs, and they had players get in trouble because they were out. I believe they were out. I don't I don't remember if they were at, if it was. I don't know if they were out at Westgate. I think they were out at an old town or, or mill or something like that. And the players got in trouble for that because they were out getting hammered during the series. Do you remember that? No, I do remember some players though getting in trouble that were in a car and they're they're I think they were talking shit about their coach. Yeah, maybe? that was the Senators. That's right, yes. And they were on their way to Old Town. And that's the thing, is like the players all the time would would be out at Old Town. Like that was always like a whole thing. And and Mill we always considered to be, you know, like more of the college kids and whatnot. But both of them are are honestly famous in their own right. The fact of the matter is, like, it's so crazy to me, I think maybe living here and growing up here, that people come to Old Town to have bachelorettes, right? They come to Scottsdale. And a good friend of ours, um, she came for her... Um, for her soon-to-be sister-in-law's bachelorette. And they said that they, and they were staying by like Old Town and everything, that they had to go to Mill. They really, really needed to go to Mill. And she about died because she was laughing so hard. Like She goes, it's like reliving my college days because she had had moved back out of state afterwards and uh, was telling me kind of like how trippy it was. But that was their whole thing was they had to experience those two places on this trip. And it is kind of funny because, you know, after a certain age, a lot of us are always just like, ah, why, why would we go to Mill or whatever? Not, try not to offend anyone if you still enjoy going to Mill. But like, uh, I think I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it on here, but uh, Scotty and I went to an all-time low concert and... At the beginning of the concert, they talked about how they were partying on Mill and how much they think Mill is awesome and uh, went on like a full blown like five minute tirade about how they were out partying on Mill the night before. (laughs) Yeah, I remember you telling me that, telling me that story. Um, But yeah, anyway, I don't know if there's much else to uh, to discuss as as we talk about the proceedings from yesterday and the impact of it. There are some trolls out there. I've seen a few and uh, they're still trying to, I, I think they've, they're still with their chirpy chirps, but like, Oh, they're leaving, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I don't know how that's the case. Uh, granted, this could still fall apart at the seams at some point is again, they just move into negotiating a contract essentially now over the next few months. And as I previously kind of mentioned, it took nine months just to get where we are now. Now imagine taking that next step and actually getting down the nuts and bolts and negotiating an actual contract to get things started. I feel like that's going to take just as long, if not even longer. Oh, and then you throw in um, the possibility of Sky Harbor, City of Phoenix, whoever it may be, throwing in a lawsuit at some point because I think it was Nick Wood, the Coyotes lawyer who brought that up too. And was like, he brought up some, some, uh, I don't know if it was a, 
a memo, email, whatever it may have been, and it includes some threatening language to the city of Tempe. And so it's like, I have a feeling that's going to be thrown, a, a wrench thrown into this as well, because you're going to have the lawyers involved because Sky Harbor is so important to the state of Arizona, the city of Phoenix and city of Tempe, et cetera, et cetera. That like, they're a pretty powerful lobby. Um, and so I have a feeling that they're going to be the biggest wrench in this whole situation. And it's just a matter of, um, is the city of Tempe scared of them or not? And are they scared of lawsuits, et cetera, et cetera? Because like you were saying, the mic drop moment from the Coyotes was they got up there and the last thing that Nick Wood showed was basically saying, listen, you idiots, you gave us this piece of information that all you want to do in this situation is just extend your runway. You don't care about the coyotes. You don't care about the noise complaints, et cetera, et cetera. You don't compare, you, you don't care about the no noise cone, which we saw on Twitter that it looked like it was like contour. It's a contour contour, not a cone. Sorry. The entire thing is just hilarious to me. Yeah, it is. And it looked like it was gerrymandered to fit around the, the coyotes, uh, rink basically. But anyway, so yeah, so, the Coyotes were like, mic drop. All you guys want from this is just to extend your runway. You don't care about what we're trying to build here. You just want to extend your runway because you want money to pay for it, et cetera, et cetera. And that's it. And I thought like the fact that that was brought up, that was like the mic drop. It was like Sky Harbor. You have nothing to complain about. Get over it. And I will tell you, speaking from experience, folks, and I'm sure some of you can relate to this in some way, shape or form. I lived in Surprise for 20 years. The first elementary school I went to in Surprise is was Luke Elementary, which it got its name because it was literally built right next to Luke Air Force Base. And so as a kid, being at the time I was in third grade, so I was, you know, eight years old. Like I got used to the sound of jets flying over our elementary school on a consistent basis. And it was not a problem. You get used to it. In fact, I will make this argument. I thought it was the coolest thing ever because as a kid, at least it was like, Oh cool. That's another jet flying over. And I always think it was so cool. Cause I would look, you know, whether we were on the playground, etc., outside or, or even just in my parents' house, which was, um, as, is out by surprise stadium, jets would fly overhead all the time. And I think it was the coolest thing as a kid. Cause I was like, Oh damn, it's another jet look outside and see the jet fly over. I was like, dude, that's fucking cool. So people who were complaining about noise need to get over themselves. And that was the entire kind of idea that Sky Harbor was trying to throw out there. It was like, oh, you can't build there because of, of noise complaints, blah, 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 blah. I was like, no, stop it. Get over it. The noise isn't going to be that big of a problem. Well, and when they've had problems in the past of people suing because of noise, it is because of the fact that their houses were built uh, in an area that wasn't directly in the flight path. Then as some flight paths had changed, then their house was in a flight path. It annoyed them. They couldn't sell their house because the fact that that had to be disclosed and it hurt their property value and it caused them issues. So that's most of the reason 
why the lawsuits came up in the first place. If these residents were to actually be there uh, and, you know, these would be apartments, they would be signing their lease on them. When they do that, there would be a thing in the lease talking about the fact that they acknowledge that this is within the flight path and that they are fine with it and they are not going to be suing anyone for it. So one, they wouldn't own them, own the actual places. I don't think so. At least I, I, I believe they're apartments. I don't believe there are any type of like condos or anything that you would buy. I'm pretty sure it's a renting situation. And uh, two, the only thing that they, they would also be signing a document that says that they you know, aren't going to sue anyone and they aren't going to complain about it. So you would know by staying there what you're signing up for. So why are they really worried about that? I can understand um, their concerns in the fact, in the fact of the matter of planes that have lost an engine. And so doing single engine landings, but then I would ask why in a place like San Diego, do you have tall buildings so close to the airport? Exactly. I think somebody brought that up months and months and months ago, which is that idea, which is like this. Uh, other cities have similar problems, I guess you could say, with airports being next to metropolitan areas, and they're perfectly fine. And this isn't all that crazy of a deal. And I think it was the Coyotes who brought up that – Chase Field is just as close to one of the runways as the Coyotes will be. So it's ridiculous, and there will probably be lawsuits over it, and it's dumb. But hopefully the Coyotes can work it out. Nick Wood is a smart guy. He did a terrific job presenting the Coyotes case yesterday. We should build a statue to – Shane Doan to Gary Bettman to Alex Marullo and to Nick Wood, the Cody's lawyer. Those should be the four. That's our Mount Rushmore. I mean, props to there, there's plenty of things I f- that Marilla has done good and done bad, but props to him for putting out here all of the things that he's actually going to do and putting all of his own money and his own property on the line. That's pretty impressive in its own right. And then, you know, being willing to be drugged through the mud too, because there was a few people that came out with their comments that were solely just about uh, him and his reputation. So you have to give him props on, on that end of everything there. I, I will say on a hockey side of things, I, I feel like his transition into his role was was a little bit bumpy because he's not used to owning a team, but he is a, a stellar businessman and does know how to do business well. And I think that's what you're seeing here. Yeah, when you have somebody and, you know, I think you and I both understand that, like, it's been very public in terms of some of the things that he's done um, that haven't been great. Katie Strang has multiple articles about that, et cetera, et cetera. And, but when you're out there in the open saying, I'm going to be spending $2 billion here, that's a pretty big commitment. And that tells me everything I need to know about Alex Marullo in terms of being 
invested in this community. That's a big deal to me. And it should be a big deal to the city of Tempe that he's willing to do this. And, uh, and that's whatever goes on behind the walls and however, whatever is, is another thing entirely. And it probably should be better ran than it is. But, uh, running a sports franchise is not easy, but when you're coming in, like I said, with, you know, $2 billion, that's a big deal. And, uh, and, and now the city of Tempe has that lying on the table. Like, Hey, here's $2 billion to your city. Let's make this happen. And I hope they're smart enough to understand that. Um, there are Tempe city council. Currently there are going to be two members out of the current council that voted on Thursday. That will not be a member of the council as of July. And when they set the new council, um, one of the departing members voted yes. One of the departing members voted no. And of course, we don't know from here on out the new members that will be coming in, how they feel. But five to two is a pretty good margin, I feel like, because considering that in Glendale, you had multiple times where it was like a four three vote, it was very close. And there's always somebody that was on the fence and we weren't sure how they were going to vote. Five to two is a pretty nice little margin to have there. Um, and I feel like if, if anything, if you voted just to move on with negotiations, you're at least closer to voting yes than you are voting to no. So this is a good, very, very good sign moving forward for, for the team here. And uh, even if it hell, even if it goes to like a four, three vote, at least they have that, that leeway that they can lose a vote in the process and still be. Okay, because it sounded like the mayor was was really on board with things. The vice mayor as well sounded like he was pretty pretty on board with things too. That's very that's very very important as as they move into the next phase here. And I think the other really important thing too is the fact that this will not go on the shoulders of taxpayers. I think that was the biggest discussion constantly from Glendale and all of this was uh, what Glendale was having to pay and what it was costing taxpayers and all that always came back to that discussion every single time. And so they definitely cut that out this time around, which was smart because it, it got rid of that animosity that would arise quite often, honestly. And if you're wondering, um, you know, cause it, they, there uh, will be bonds that will that they will have to get out of all of this. And if you're wondering how they're paying them back, it's tax and parking re- revenues generated on site by the project. Uh, developer will impose a voluntary surcharge on retail sales at the project. They had said that that could be up to 6%, I think is what it was, um, in the actual presentation itself. And then uh, real estate tax assessment liens will attach to the $1.7 billion in private improvements of the project for the life of the bonds. So he's putting up uh, his own property. Uh, So if he doesn't pay these bonds, then he's basically used his... uh, his property as the fallback for that. So it's, he's putting a lot, a lot of stuff on the line for this. And 
I I know it might seem like questionable, you know, he can't be all be doing this from the greatness of his heart. I mean, for for him, it's also really great business wise, even if he doesn't want to own the team 30 years down the road, uh, he could sell the team. The team would for sure have to be here for 30 years and he would still have this entertainment district where he's making money off of it. So I also see many ways for him to win in this as well, uh, especially when it comes to paying these bonds is up to a, a 6% um, tax that is within uh, the walls of the TED. And, you know, fans will pay it because fans want the team here. So it's kind of smart all around. Honestly, I think this was a very well presented and the way that it all came out looked very good on the coyotes looked very good on Morello and looked good on Tempe to say yes. And, and we also learned yesterday that he's going to be Alex Murillo, the Murillo group, $40 million like up front in cash that he's going to be giving the city of Tempe as well uh, to pay for everything. And that, and I think they even said that like, that's whatever happens, that's $40 million, no matter what that's going to go. And that he's not going to ask for back, et cetera, et cetera. Not even like a money down, et cetera, but like here's $40 million to prove like this is we're serious about this. That was a pretty big deal too. All right. Uh, I think we've touched on everything related to this. Um, we will now move into, uh, I don't know what, cause the draft is still a month away. So who knows when you'll hear from Corey and I again, as we move into the off season here. Um, maybe it's next week. Maybe it's two weeks from now. I mean, maybe it'll be really nice to hear from the sporting nation. If you guys want us to talk about some things, if you want us to talk about some more of these things, um, let us know if you want to hear about the fact that Richie forgot to give me my bouquet back um, yes. at the end of my ceremony. You know, you can bring that up to him on Twitter. That's oh, that's a perfect way to close this out. Is your favorite wedding story? Is it that? Is it? Is that the story you'd like to tell on the show? <laughs> my favorite wedding story. I'm trying to think i feel like it's probably just all blur for not only you for scotty but for most of the people in attendance too like it's just it was it was a little bit of a blur i mean at the very beginning of it the the whole beginning part where uh getting ready was like a little bit stressful but once we got to the actual photos i'm i'm really terrible like it's so easy for me to cry and I can't watch people cry or I start crying. So I was having a really hard time with that for a little while. Um, but one of the... F I can think of a couple things that were some of the funniest things that happened with it. One of the funniest was the fact that we had the ceremony down by the ocean, right? And it's public over there. And there's always an ice cream truck that's like posted up over there. I don't know why. And so it allows some type of um, shelter from people. And, you know, my my niece got herself, you know, some ice cream and was just like sitting there hanging out. Uh, 
but it was funny because before I'm about to walk down the aisle and you may not have seen this, but literally there was people running across the street to watch this. And my dad looks at me and he goes, you look like a celebrity. And I go, why are people running across the street to watch some random person's wedding? And it was like one person was literally like on their phone and they were were like running across the street. One person was videotaping and running across the street. I was like, what is going on here? And uh, so when by the time I had gotten down the aisle, I felt like I was in a whole nother world. I did not know what was going on or what I was doing. And, you know, uh, people, of course, are looking at me with these endearing eyes. And I'm, like, starting to cry, basically. Scotty later was like, you started doing your ugly cry. And I was like, thanks. Exactly what someone wants to hear. Um, And then, you know, I followed all the little rules that I was told of how I was supposed to, like, step up there and everything. And then I was supposed to take my bouquet back from Richie, but that's that's okay. Richie just kept it. So when we walked out, um, I walked out without my bouquet, and Richie walked out with my bouquet. <laughs> he got the biggest one out of all of my bridesmaids, and so uh, the bridesman got the biggest bouquet. And you know, we took pictures and did all did all of that stuff and you know everyone was super sweet and got all super emotional but probably the next really funny thing i think happened in it was the bartender handing me a drink and literally told me here i made you a special vodka something (laughs) i did not know until almost towards the end of the night that it had three different kinds of alcohol in it it had whiskey it had vodka and it had rum (laughs) <laughs> I did not know. I also did not care at that point. Um, I was like so exhausted, but also just really ready to have fun. I left a, a decent amount of the night to be just like dancing and partying because I just wanted to do that. Um, and people did. People had gotten drunk enough that we had had one of those phones where people could leave voicemails. And... Um, people kept on putting the phone up to my ear as if like I needed to be leaving a voicemail for myself. And I was like, yep, everyone is very certifiably drunk at this point. So (laughs) that was also kind of one of the things that was really funny. But the thing that got me the most were, did you, I can't remember. Did you go to the bar afterwards? Yes. Okay, that's why I thought you were there. Um, Is the fact that... So, my husband and I went back to change, obviously. And everyone's like, we're going to go to the bar up the street. We're going to go to the bar up the street. And we're like, okay. And, oh yeah, because you went back with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, that's right. You went to the bar because you went with us. Uh, So, you know... All the the groomsmen were getting ready in in our room. So Richie went to go pick his stuff up with us. We changed. Um, and then and and I like almost didn't go because we almost couldn't get me out of my dress. We almost like had to cut it out because Sky couldn't figure out how to get me out of it too. It took 10 years. And so by the time I got out of the, the dress, got dressed, everything. 
we were getting text messages that were like, where are you guys? Da, 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 da. Did not realize that um, how many people had actually gone up to this bar. I throw on some, some like sneakers on really fast. We start walking up to this bar and uh, they're taking up the entire outside of this bar and they all just start cheering the moment we walk up. And there's so many of them that they overflowed into the bar inside. <laughs> I don't think I have ever uh, been more amazed and more proud of all of my family and friends before as I was when, you know, out, like in where we got married, they have a quiet hour at 10. So it was early, but I don't think I've ever been so proud of a bunch of people. Cocktail hour started at five. So from five to 10 people were drinking and they still wanted to go up to the bar and drink until like, I think people started leaving about like 1 AM. So um, I, at least that's, I think when I left was 1 AM. So it was like 1230 ish when people started leaving. So that will always be one of the funniest things I will remember. And then the funniest part is it wasn't even at my wedding itself. It was the fact <laughs> that people enjoyed it so much that they went in their wedding clothes up the street. <laughs> that, um, yes, this is 100% true. Um, I, my, my favorite story from that particular, like, uh, I guess after party more or less is, uh, is, is the fact that I got there. Um, everybody was already there. Like he said, I went back and I grabbed my stuff um, from the, uh, from your guys' hotel room of all things. I actually got made fun of that by somebody who, who we both know. And, and it's like, Oh wait, you went, you actually went back with, with Corey and Scott. I was like, yeah, I had, I went and picked up my stuff. I was like, just left. Anyway. Uh, and so I, yeah, I show up and, uh, and one of our friends, Kyle is sitting across from me and um, clearly as most of the, everything, everybody was there a little toasty, some of us drunker than others. Um, he had an, a full beer sitting in front of him that he had ordered. And I I got there and I was like, all right, well, um, I was trying to figure out like what to drink, et cetera, et cetera. And then uh, Kyle goes, oh, you can you can have my beer. I'm not going to drink it. So I just I drank pretty much 95% of Kyle's entire beer while I was there. So I didn't even have to pay for that. And then I ended up paying for shots for everybody. Um, before we said goodbye, uh, we all decided on, uh, whiskey shots as like the closer for the night, which was great. Um, and that's, that was my favorite part of that is I just got, I got a free, be I got a free beer out of it and just, uh, cause, uh, nobody knows our buddy Kyle, but yeah, he's, uh, very fascinating individual. And so I got to, I just finished his beer for him. So what, what was your, uh, and before we end the podcast, I do have a kind of funny story that, uh, goes with that bar. But before I go into that, what was your favorite part of the entire wedding? <laughs> it was, I, you know, what's funny is I don't know if I want to say it on the podcast, um, I guess I will. Cause nobody, like nobody who 
doesn't matter. I don't know if it was like, it's not an off the record thing, but I, I later heard from somebody about certain comments about myself and our friend Dom, who Dom and I were paired up together to, uh, as me as a bridesman, Dom as a groomsman, to walk down the aisle together. And um, I feel like everybody loved it. It was great. There were some terrific pictures, including one of me holding Corey's bouquet as Dom and I are walking back up after the ceremony. <laughs> it's literally the greatest t- t- photograph in the history of mankind. And um, my smile, like, I don't know. I think it was you who told me. Maybe it was in that picture or another picture. who was like, I don't think I've ever seen you that happy before. <laughs> We're like, and so that was, that was probably, that was probably the best part is hearing what people had to say about that. That was really funny. Um, and so, yeah, get, just getting, that was the first time I've ever been a part of the wedding, like party, the bridal party. And it was awesome. Like I enjoyed every single minute of it, every single second, uh, I enjoyed the ceremony. I, I told you afterwards that even you know me very well, more so than I think anybody else on, outside of my family. And you know it's very, very hard to get me emotional just about anything. And I was getting emotional standing up there uh, during the ceremony. So I was like, yeah, this is pretty, it, was, it was a lot of fun. And uh, that was uh, the ceremony was great. It was fun afterwards. I got in a lightsaber fight with Iz. So that was fun. <laughs> Just I, I don't know if I have one particular moment, but it's gonna I'll I'll remember pretty much the entire night for for quite a while. Yeah, it's funny because a lot of uh, brides and grooms and groomsmen and stuff like that, I, I think they always kind of feel like it's a little bit of a blur. I actually like very vividly remember a lot of it, and I think a lot of it is because of the fact that so many people were so emotional and people that were not emotional before, so it was almost like striking to me how emotional people were and it got to me. And I think that's why I kind of remember it. And, and I mean, my, my cousin who was the officiant, he told me like million times that I needed to be as present as humanly possible. And that kind of helps too. But yeah, it, it is kind of funny. There is not a single part of it that I was just like, this is the one part that was the best. And this is the one part that was the funniest. I mean, if there's one thing with you that I thought was the funniest, it was the fact that our photographer couldn't fa- couldn't get bridesman, so we just had to <laughs> eventually tell him your name was Richie, so he could just yell at you that way. <laughs> yep, I don't. Th- I still don't think he got it right by the end of the time. Like when we when we were done taking pictures with you guys, which was after the ceremony there on the as we were looking out over the the bluff or the cliffs into the ocean. There still had no idea what to call me. <laughs> Well, it was funny because um, he thought it was the coolest thing that I had uh, a guy in my part of the wedding party, uh, but he had no idea what what to call you the entire time. He was just like, uh, the bride dude. And I was like, close enough. (laughs) Close enough. It works. I was freezing while all of you guys were like super hot. But very quickly, um, I found out um, later that a bachelor party had showed up at that bar that we were at and uh some some friends of ours i'll just put it that way to keep everyone's you know kind of more on the down low here but uh we're still there after we had left and we were like you know last five standing i think and um 
that bachelor party had convinced them to try and get any girl that was in there to come to this party that was in a like a, like a mansion on the hills and they so they gathered up all these like people went and played beer pong and went to this party in this mansion on the hills and i literally hear about the story a few days later and still to this day this person has been getting like text messages of like the random people from the bar that he invited to this party in this mansion in the hills for this bachelor party. <laughs> That's funny. I did not know about that story. So I just learned about that right now. <laughs> yeah. That one we heard later and we, and Scotty and I both about died laughing. Cause uh, you know, off air, Richie, I'll give you more uh, context on that, but it was honestly one of the funniest things ever. And, uh, I, I could not be more thankful for the amazing friends and family that we had that just were troopers with us. I mean, you got in there on Wednesday. We we went out on Wednesday. We went out on Thursday. Wedding was on Friday. <laughs> By Saturday, I felt like I was dead. So the fact that everyone else came and just, you know, celebrated with us for multiple days straight, you you Richie and and everyone else is just the best group of uh, friends and family that anyone could ever ask for. Well, I am. I was very very honored to be a part of of everything. Uh, I had a great time. I I I said this to you multiple times. Couldn't be happier for you and for Scotty. I I have known you guys for since basically the summer of 2013 or so. So I've known you guys almost the entire time that you've been together was 11 years now. So like to just be a part of that was, was really cool. And it meant a lot to me that you asked me to be a part of it. And, uh, and I'm glad you guys are married now. And now I have to change your name in my phone because I just recently did it. It gave, it slightly gave me the chills. Um, actually, I don't actually need to change anything because in my phone, I don't have a last name for you. You're just Corey. <laughs> like Beyonce. Yes. Same thing okay. for Scotty too. I just have Scotty as Scotty. <laughs> yep. That's it. So like, yeah, that's the basically is he's, you know, like, like Prince share, you know, <laughs> you only need one name. <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, so maybe I'll do that at some point. I'll go and actually give you guys your last names that you deserve. You could be like our friend Erin. She just combined our names. She just put Farsha in there. Farsha. <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, that, that'd be really funny because we have a, uh, a group chat with myself, you, Corey, and, and Scotty in it. Currently, the name of the chat is Keynote Crew because for the longest time, we would always tune in and watch the Apple keynote events every time there's one coming up next week, actually. Um, and so that's why we, we call it that, but maybe it's time for a name change. We actually changed the name also of, uh, I, we have another group chat with me, you and cat in it. We changed the name of that from five star Richie to 10 star Corey. 
which um, was very sweet. That was very sentimental to me, like right after <laughs> everything had passed. Um, which, yeah, I think we did that at like after the wedding on Friday night is when I t- <laughs> we were talking about changing that, which is really funny. But anyway, now you're caught up on our lives and you're caught up in everything that happened with the coyotes. Uh, I don't think we have anything else. Do you have anything else before we go? Um, no, I actually don't. I, I more am just surprised that I, I missed the part of the hearing where people were talking about diapers, you know, <laughs> if there's anything that I'm really, truly disappointed in. It, it's that. It was truly, truly an iconic, iconic moment. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening to the show. We appreciate you. Uh, If you sat through all eight hours like I did, congratulations. We made it. On to the next one. Until, uh, Until we talk to you next time, Sporty Nation, good night and good hockey, everybody.